the hunter and the blacksmith. Out of the tent came the hunter with pride as chants rang out all through the land. We love you, we thank you, the villagers cried. The hunter was not short on fans. The blacksmith, the person who forged what was used, got lost amidst hundreds who cheered. She's nothing without me, the blacksmith rebuked as he received only insults and jeers. The hunter, so not to appear to agree, knew she needed to put up a front. She challenged the blacksmith, let's switch you and me. I do many things, you just do one. The two had decided that just for a day, they'd each do the work of each other. The blacksmith would head out in search of the prey. The hunter would tinker in comfort. Soon the time came when the blacksmith would hunt, but he wielded a tool forged in folly. The hunter knew not how to build any guns. The blacksmith knew not how to volley. The blacksmith returned with no food in the end. He screamed at the hunter with hate. This was my chance to be cheered for, and yet, you've ruined my chance to be great. The hunter, not known to be humble, arose. She shouted right back at her peer. You can't blame the tool that I crafted. Oh no, t'was your aim, t'was your stance, t'was your fear. The two argued and argued over who was at fault, while there still was no meat to be carved. In fact, the two never stopped fighting at all, and the rest of the villagers starved. Hmm. I'm Louis Bianco, RNCPS, and this is Patient U.S., initials used for confidentiality, episode 24. Drumroll, please. Adulation. Hit it. Friendship and presence. I need applause and some pats on the back. Just a couple of claps, enough to keep me comfortable fast. Attention, attention. I need attention. I need to feed off fake threats and questions. I need remand, so punish me. It's better than nothing. Please, something I'm hungering, but grudging. I'm an addict. I'm rabid without active attachment. Running ragged just to have it. It's tragic. Love's a habit of need. It is what I fiend for as I feed pure on free stores. And Good morning, everyone. Today is Thursday, September 10th. 2020. Today we are going to be talking about adulation and subsequently I would assume we will also be talking about roles. This week we've talked about identity, we've talked about teamwork, we've talked about our ego, so I'm trying to stay within that same arc as I spoke about yesterday, but there is a little bit of housekeeping to take care of first, and it goes something like this. Good morning, good morning, good morning to you. Good morning, good morning, and how do you do? Let's do a quick check-in on Patient U.S. We are still in the midst of figuring out whether or not Patient U.S. should be discharged. Clearly, based on treatment team meetings, most of the staff are of the opinion that Patient U.S. most likely is demonstrating personality, some type of personality disorder, or possibly a mood disorder, or possibly both. This is not uncommon. 
we've talked a little bit already about accidental neglect, and we've also seen how parent number one and parent number two have chosen to react during crisis. Uh, we have seen patient U.S., uh, their stressors, their triggers. We have seen what they've been exposed to, even if the intent is not bad. And for years, they've been exposed to it. Don't forget, parents are also separating. They are feuding, constantly fighting out loud. Why do parent number one and parent number two have to fight so much? That'll be an episode in and of itself, I'm sure. But how can they keep calling themselves a family if all they ever do is try to convince Patient U.S. about how the other isn't good? Just something to think about. It all confuses me very much. This word family, we throw it around often. Maybe more than we should. Maybe we need a whole episode on that. But my understanding of family is that a tight-knit group remains a tight-knit group regardless of what comes their way. And I'm seeing a lot of wishy-washy dismissing of human beings. The idea that at one point parent number one and parent number two were uh, civil enough to wed uh, confuses me at this point as now they are at each other's throats, yanking patient U.S. in multiple directions, incessantly feeding selfish needs because of an inability to handle the high levels of fear that currently exist in the multi-crisis scenario that we find ourselves in. That is right. We are literally watching that domino effects of crisis. Then why in the world would I be talking about adulation? The poem I read at the beginning is a little a little story about two important roles in a specific system. You can replace any of those two roles with any other two. When I was, when I was creating that, that poem, I wanted to think about a role that does a lot of tinkering, possible manual labor, and then a role that does something that requires talent or athleticism or some sort of feat that not everybody is born with, and the attached adulation that that goes towards the person who gets to fulfill that role. So you have the blacksmith. The blacksmith has no audience. If the blacksmith doesn't make their product appropriately, the hunter can't hunt. However, no one compliments the blacksmith when the hunter comes back with dinner. It is a classic role issue as we see certain roles in modern-day society and in the family, specifically, of patient U.S. and many families around the world, many families around the country, I would assume. Now, listen, I, again, I'll just preface everything because, you know, we are seeing certain people be allowed to say whatever they want. However, other people are are held to a higher standard. I've lived in that high standard zone, so I have no problem thinking about what I say before I say it. It is not our intention here to be inflammatory, although as you've seen in Patient U.S., the truth itself can often inflame. So who wouldn't want to be a hunter if the hunter is receiving something we all want? 
let's say to a degree, even if we don't admit it, we like feeling important. We like feeling necessary. We like feeling equal. And specifically in a family, again, you start to see why some of these issues arise. Patient U.S., very young, is learning about things like equality and rights and uh, assertiveness and and self-exploration and self-love and no one can tell you what to do and we're filling their minds with all of this type of of empowerment. Uh, However, when you start to breathe that into existence, you start removing the concepts of, of rite of passage. And what you have is a young patient U.S. with no belief that there is a necessity to follow anyone else's instructions but their own, not teachers, not doctors, not parents. It is now patient U.S.'s show. They've been emboldened. They've been empowered. And to a degree, these are both wonderful things. The issue arises if you are not taught self-control and self-restraint first. The hunter, by default, is not the actual enemy of the blacksmith. They are a team. The hunter requires the blacksmith's wares. The blacksmith requires hunters to make wares for. And for years... The system runs unencumbered, efficiently, and the village eats, and the village is able to sustain itself. What happens, however, is that bit by bit, we've talked about this concept of almost emotional erosion, cognitive erosion, some sort of thought or emotion is is spawned within blacksmith. The blacksmith wants what the hunter is receiving. Now, the hunter, the person who receives all the adulation, is not innocent in this entire thing. If you listen to the poem, the hunter also starts to believe in their own magic. That was a quote that my father told me several years back during my manic episode as I was, I was succeeding moderately but completely engulfed in the process of my success and elevated beyond humility. That's what mania does. So we have the hunter who is now not even thanking the blacksmith, and that is almost your catalyst. The blacksmith, bit by bit, is eroding. They see every day this hunter arrive. They see everyone gather and cheer for the hunter, and the blacksmith thinks, well, they wouldn't have been able to do any of it without my work. And the blacksmith is right. However, what we learn from that type of statement is that the blacksmith is not yet self-worthy. Because the blacksmith isn't able to be proud of self Because more people are proud of the hunter. So here we are again. We are basing our worth on the reactions we receive from people other than ourselves. The blacksmith 
is confident in their ability, if they were to put their blinders up, keep their heads down, and continue to work, they would see some sort of long-term adulation. But on the daily basis, they are seeing short-term adulation being given to the hunter. As we take a look uh, at roles a little more before commercial, think about the animal kingdom. Think about insects. Think about the bees. There are so many more drones than queens. Most bees are workers. But that is because, as a bee, there is a ton of work to be done. And without any single bee, any single uh, contribution that that single bee made is not made, and the structure or the foundation is ultimately not the same if that bee is not there. If we are not able to call that importance or flatter ourselves internally and give ourselves adulation based on the other understanding that we are even on small scales as individuals, parts of structures that we are important in, family structures, work structures, team structures, friend structures. This necessity to exist on a global scale, and maybe not global meaning worldwide, but just global as in bigger than what exists, creates resentment. So, as we've spoken about in previous episodes, we start to see that disproportional adulation creates disproportional resentment, right? Think about it. We'll be back after this. Hi, folks. Rex Flexhard here, here to tell you about one of the best books I've read in the past five years. And that's Mental Health Disability Perception versus Reality, written by none other than your host, Louis Bianco, RNCPS. That is now available on Amazon.com. That's Mental Health Disability Perception versus Reality by Louis Bianco, RNCPS. This book has everything if you are looking for something. Don't forget to check out the LWF on YouTube, LWF One Nation. What a barn burner. Back to you, Lewis. Why am I not surprised that Rex is going to get a cheap plug in there for the LWF? I know we said yesterday we were going to start bringing Rex in to do our commercials. I got to tell you, I really like that one. Maybe I didn't really like it, but it was light years better than what we've been putting out. Rex brings a certain energy and there's a certain truth to his voice. So adulation breeds resentment, and we all begin to desire the role of the most adulated. If we disproportionately adulate that role, we start funneling more and more people towards that role and pulling more and more people away from what may be their natural abilities, their natural gifts, or uh, the like. Look at entertainment look at music, look at sports. It's amazing because what you start to realize is that the adulation follows the money. 
Or should I say the money follows the adulation? Is it possible that money gets us adulation and that breeds resentment in all others but us? What we are starting to see is a disdain for the adulated. We are starting to hate the talented. We are starting to attack people with natural gifts. And we could talk about jealousy and we could talk about intimidation and, and, and I could go into these long theories about how I think you're threatened because you want what they have and who knows if any of that is right. On this show, in a, in a true uh, desire to stay down the middle, I am not going to attack and, and, and take up one of those theories of I get angry because you have what I want. Although... It would fit the overall theme of petulance. Not only am I going to do whatever it takes to get what I want, I am actually going to be mad and threatened and mean to anybody who has it if I don't. Currency is shifting in humanity, although money is still top priority, we are seeking adulation and roles that involve adulation close to second. As time, if we're looking at a priority list, I would say in these moments, it's money, adulation, time. As far as our quote-unquote currencies, time is money. We spend time, we save time. We spend money, we save money, we seek money, we seek time, we give adulation, we receive adulation, we seek adulation. In our psyches, in this family, that is what is being sought. Parent number one feels unappreciated and disrespected. Parent number one receives adulation. However, that adulation is not always sincere and is sometimes done in a patronizing fashion. Although parent number one receives it and is often placated by it, the need is not met, the void is not filled. Parent number two believes that they are given the least amount of compliment and they often feel unnoticed, undervalued. Parent number two is fearful of inserting themselves. They are fearful of speaking up. And some of their lack of adulation arises from their unwillingness to take any singular stance. They adapt constantly like a chameleon. And what we know about chameleons is that when they change their colors, they are not able to be seen. So... Parent number one and parent number two are not receiving the adulation they desire. However, the reasons are different. And the reasons are also based in behavior. Parent number one does not know how to seek adulation organically and often almost creates these hostage-type situations where they say, give me some applause or I won't leave you alone. 
or give me applause, or I will accuse you of not caring about me. Complex concepts for a child like patient U.S. to exist under. Parent number two complains about everyone when everyone is not around. Parent number two is a gossiper. Parent number two will smile in the face of people and then rip them to shreds verbally when with others, including patient U.S., So now patient U.S. is trying to make sure that they give parent number one enough adulation and they are, uh, believe it or not, they love parent number one because it's their parent. And then they have parent number two, whom they also love, talking poorly about parent number one as a way to gain adulation from patient U.S. Here we, we go back to those grabs. Patient U.S., obviously feels undervalued, unappreciated, disrespected. Parent number one feels the same for different reasons. Parent number two feels the same for different reasons. Bottom line is that there are holes, there are voids, and there is neglect abound. And as we become more and more neglected from things like adulation, we start seeking it more and more aggressively. We start to grab. We go from doing something quietly and hoping to be noticed to making sure we are being noticed by doing something with volume. This is when that shift from positive to negative attention occurs. This is all we are seeking usually positive, And when we don't receive it, we realize that our addiction lies more in attention then whatever designation is in front of it, being positive or negative, and we decide, oh, well, I can't get it in the positive form. I'm going to get it somehow. I will get it in the negative form. Or we don't think that at all. And we just have this kind of strange impulse telling us that we need people's eyes on us. We need to be complimented. We need to be reassured. We need to be validated. We need to be justified. We need adulation. We need positive reinforcement. And as you would see on curriculum like my my mood pyramid, we may need it, but we must consider serving sizes or we will become addicted to it. If we are starving, then we will consume as much as is put in front of us. We will consume it too quickly. If you can imagine... Take yourselves out of this idea of desiring uh, adulation and just imagine that you are starving. If there is food in front of you when you are starving, you will eat it. But how often have we had the stomach ache following the massive binge of food during hunger? Another way to look at it uh, from another kind of physiological standpoint uh, an addiction standpoint is, you know, the, I, when I was a drinker, when I would drink a lot, you drink at night, you wake up in the morning with a hangover and you tell yourself, well, I know how to get rid of this terrible thing I'm feeling. I will do the thing that caused this terrible feeling. And there's your cycle. I am drunk, I go to bed, I wake up in pain, I drink. I'm in so much pain, I drink a lot, I get drunk, 
I go to bed. I wake up in pain. I drink. If I sound like a broken record, that's, that's the cycle that I was involved in. And it wasn't just physical pain. It was emotional pain. It was numbing agent. I wasn't receiving enough adulation. I did not believe I was receiving adequate adulation. I believe I deserved more adulation than I was receiving until the resentment again rose to the surface. We can talk our heads off about how important it is to be positive, reaffirming, reassuring, empowering, encouraging. The list goes on and on. We are aware as a species that this is necessary, this desire for positive reinforcement. But when positive reinforcement becomes reinforced, often it can lead to negative byproducts. Disproportionate adulation leads to disproportionate resentment. Something to think about. We'll be back after this message. Hiya, folks. Rex Flexhard here again. And I Seriously, just wanted to tell money. you a little bit about Louie Jojo at www.reverbnation.com slash Louie Jojo. He's my favorite hip-hopping, bebopping, rip-roaring rapper. Boy, do I love some of the songs that he has written. Check out our library filled with originals from over... Eight years ago, or check out the musical demos for a little thing we've got in the works. Don't forget also to check out LWF Recovery on YouTube.com. Back to you, Lewis. Again. I, I wish you guys were here right now. Rex is flying out the door. I asked him not to do any plugs for LWF as it is not, uh, they have not paid us their advertisement dues. But I did check out the LWF on YouTube, and <laughs> that action, it's really great. Rex does a great job on announcing, and there's just a lot of high-flying, fast-paced action. And don't forget, my favorite part of their product is the stories that they tell. I'm a big fan of storytelling, and there is storytelling galore in the LWF, I can tell you that much. It's been a rougher morning than most this week, but that's okay. This episode will be done, it will be locked in, and we will be one episode away from our quarter century mark, which will be tomorrow. I am so excited. What we are seeing in Patient U.S.'s family and what we are seeing within Patient U.S. and what we are seeing within society as a whole is, is this byproduct that is now existing following a rapid move or a rapid movement towards positivity. As people, when we see somebody suffering innately, often we want to help them. And when we started to become aware of the suffering that existed and the anguish that exists on the cognitive level, we started to just give adulation. If you need it, here you go. And what we are seeing at this point, even though it is a multifaceted problem, is that people are watching other people get 
what they want, and it is making them angry. Within our own consciousness, we believe we know what we deserve. We believe we know what others deserve. And if others get something that we want, we can be angry. I know I simplify many things and life is not black and white and I, and I get all that. We don't live on solely two choices or two scenarios or two circumstances. This is nothing, many things I should say are, are not linear. However, in moments when you see somebody receive adulation, you will either be negative or positive. You can be someone who is supportive or you can be someone who looks at it, cross, and decides not to be. The blacksmith, for the entirety of their lives prior to the situation that was described in the beginning segment, was proud of the hunter. It was not the hunter's fault that the blacksmith started to implode. The blacksmith was not appropriately deriving worth and value from his efforts. Instead, he was basing the majority of his identity and self-worth on the adulation he received. When he didn't receive it, he was hurt. When someone else received it, he became angry at the person because the person receiving it, in his mind, didn't deserve it. The hunter, let's take a look at her. The hunter is aware cognitively of the necessity of the blacksmith. However, the hunter becomes so engulfed with the adulation she receives that she cannot even offer adulation to the blacksmith. The possibility that the blacksmith would be okay with simply receiving thanks from the person using their wares is real. And if the blacksmith is okay, the system continues to work. So once again, we are looking at the dysfunction of two parties in a dysfunctional relationship. We are looking at someone whose self-worth is inflated, and we are looking at someone whose self-worth is skewed. The blacksmith's self-worth is skewed, so is the hunter's. One is skewed towards negativity, one is skewed toward positivity, both are the cause of dysfunction. The word positive does not mean it will yield positive. If we look at positive and negative from a more scientific stance, we will realize there may be fewer things more important than balance. This isn't about all positive and no negative. This is about striking the healthy balance of positive and negative. Patient US, if you have not received enough adulation, I would like to tell you that I continuously find myself being proud of you. I am incredibly saddened by the behaviors that have been exhibited. However, I also watch you try, try, try again. And although trying is not enough. As long as there is a desire to try, there is a possibility for appropriate change. 
It is when that desire to try dies that the hopes of improvement often fade away. Your resiliency is admirable. But how many of your injuries are self-inflicted? How much of your pain comes from seeking adulation? How much of your negativity is derived from others receiving adulation? Those are the blanks I would like you to fill in. Remember, there are no wrong answers and, and, and on questions and questionnaires and, and thought processes and concepts such as this, you are allowed to answer all questions, ask all questions within the, the privacy and safety of your own mind. You will not be publicly humiliated. You will not be shamed. We are here, my staff and I. We are forgiving. We are dedicated and we are patient, U.S.